0: Salutations! Welcome to another episode of Onward and Upward, a Kansas City podcast. My name is Blake Rumsey. I am the host of this program. Today is June fifteenth of twenty nineteen, and this is episode seven. You have to forgive me, folks, for this episode. I'm I'm currently dealing with a sinus infection, so I'm a little uh, under the weather. But bear with me. We've got um, we've got some some news items, and we have a, a, a little bit of commentary on uh, uh on a place I visited the other day, and maybe we'll get into uh, a discussion on something, we'll see, but anyway, let's gonna go on ahead and jump right in. So, to start off with, I'd like to talk about this place I visited. Um, I am actually in a wedding uh, later today, and I uh, was at a bachelor party for this said fellow, uh, Two days ago on Thursday, so we uh, we went to a a new interactive uh, activity space. I guess is what you call it because th- but this one pertains to video games. This one's called Flip Switch VR. If you're not familiar with this, Flip Switch VR is a virtual reality event space. So it is the only only open area not free roam but basically i mean it's a large space it's a big industrial basement area that one can go put on a vr headset and wander around in in a game so the flip switch is located on washington street just across from the, the gym kc if you all are familiar with where that is at just not far up from the old uh locksmith spot um, that just got refurbished into an office space. So right next to the highway uh, to I-35. But flip switch ha- is – so it's kind of like if you took laser tag or paintball and then, like, up-down and combined them. So the you could split up into groups of either, you know, two to three in each on, e- on each side because they have two different spots you can play in, and you can choose two different games. They have one that's an in-house made spot, and this uh, or in-house made game, and it is a pirate-based game. That's a shooter. Both games are shooters, and the other one is a zombie-based game, and it's uh, and you know it's a shooting game, obviously. So the we all chose this zombie game. It's called. Called Sunrise Arizona, I think, or something like that. And it's a. It, the first part of the game, is you're in. A, you play like a campaign, essentially like a cooperative campaign. And so you start out. It's kind of like Nazi zombies for those who have maybe played the Call of Duty games way back when. Those. It's kind of like that, or at least rem, it reminded me of that. And you start off, and you know you're fighting off waves. You know you you have a gun, like they give you a gun. You have your headset, everything. And you've, folks, it's the future. Like it is crazy. The the you know you have about, you know, a hundred f- walking feet area. Maybe maybe f- fifty radius walking area to walk around in, and th- you know you and your partner or partners are you know fighting off just hordes of zombies that you f- literally feel like are there, you know, they get up and you you know, they'll walk up next to you and you're like, this is like a person actually being here. It's, it's insane. And the graphics are probably what you might say are like late Xbox 360, early PS3 lifetime, like that by the time that th- they phased them out, it was at that level of graphical detail, which is really impressive. And so you know, you have your VR gun, you know, what you use to, you know, you press one button and you can open or pull levers and press buttons and stuff or do, cr- you know, crank stuff. And then, you know, you shoot with it, you reload, you know, there's a button on there, you reload. And yeah, you, you just fight your way and, you know, you j- walk around this map so that you'll, for instance, you know, go down an elevator, you know, and then there's there's a ledge. You got to jump over the, the ledge to, or you got to jump over a chasm to the ledge. And if you look down, it looks like, you know it's hundreds of feet down it's not you don't feel like you're in a uh, in you know you know, there's a floor there in real life there's a f- the floor is right there you you know this consciously but your body doesn't and your body's going no danger this is a bad idea and so it it has some very hilarious results and maybe in the future we'll, we'll, as this becomes more and more of the norm some real interesting psychological effects on people but the but yeah, the get this was it was an amazingly fun time. So we played through this campaign, got out, made it out alive. I only died one time, and then uh, we, uh, we then put us in a horde mode where basically we just fight off waves and waves and waves of zombies. You know, in this three sixty environment, you have a, gu- uh, a table of guns and you can pick which one, whether pistols and things like that, or you know. Uh, assault rifles or submachine guns and so you know you're fighting and blowing up barrels and stuff and it's so cool now i have the problem of there so because it's in the basement of an old like factory or something of an old industrial building there's a lot of pillars and so in this particular one they had a pillar in the middle room and which you can see in the game because it has an outline a blue outline that does that shows it off from the rest of the rest of the environment so it takes you out of it and you go okay that's there but i wasn't paying attention and i was trying to run away from a zombie and shoot at the same time and i ended up running into the into the pillar and knocking my myself all all you know flustered myself and and i didn't realize until the game was over and i took my my headset off but i put this nice little big old gouge in my nose <laughs> put got that all skinned up and stuff and was bleeding and things but uh Outside of outside of my own uh, not paying attention, it's an amazing, amazing experience. I c- I just can't imagine what in fifteen years this will look like. It'll be unbelievable. I highly recommend if you love video games, or if you don't, maybe you're not even play don't even play video games, but you like interactive stuff as an activity with people. Go get over to Flip Switch. It's awesome. It's the the I'm I didn't actually get to finish what I was saying. It's the sickness talking, but the the it's the largest one of its kind free roaming uh, VR space in the whole Midwest. Like basically, in fact, maybe most of the country, because there's like one or two on the West Coast. Not sure if there's one on the East Coast, but as far as the staff there knew, and they've looked, they said there's only one, maybe in LA or San Francisco, maybe can't, or, but yeah, it's it's. One of the top three in the whole country, and we got it here in Kansas City, everybody downtown. So, if you ever find yourself wanting a new experience with video games or interactive stuff or the latest in you know, inter- you know, leisure technology, um, I highly recommend going and doing a session over there. I didn't play the pirate game, so I don't know what that's like, but because it, it's like fighting off waves of, you know, pirate monsters and things from either side. But that and that's an in-house made game, as I said, so that's pretty cool. But uh, anyway, yeah, get over to Flip Switch. Highly recommend that. So we're gonna get on with the news then. First off, and these are just, we got some short stuff. We got some longer stuff to talk about. But one of the one of the first is uh, up in the Northland, in up by Platte City, at Terminal A at the KCI Airport. Terminal A is now, as we speak, being completely demolished, so it's going away it's er, as far as officially they tore down first the gr- they had the ceremony, which they tore a little bit off the building, and then they went and they tore down the garage they've been doing that for months, and now the building itself the terminal itself is being is being destroyed so we're well on our way to a new airport, everybody hurrah, hurrah so. Uh, that's the first update I have. The, the second takes us down to the downtown, because we're going to spend most of our time today in the downtown area, to the uh, Milbach uh, project, Millbach Clubhouse and all that. So the lofts that are being put in there on, uh, I believe that's 12th Street, is being remodel or is being uh is the, the renovations process has begun there's a there's an elevator shaft you can see visibly from barney ellis plaza if you're looking east from the southeast corner of barney ellis plaza and looking east you'll see it it's right there in the shaft so they're they're starting the process of renovating the buildings and converting them into to uh actually that may be the hotel I always forget because it's one's one's a, one was originally a hotel and it's being converted into an apartment building and the other was an apartment building and it's being converted into a hotel so it's it's kind of confusing. But nonetheless, the first phase of the project has begun. So keep an eye out on that and probably as time goes along there may it's probably going to be some road closures and it's going to start to suck with those one ways, but just keep an eye out. And yeah, so that's that's what's going on there and if we jump over to a couple blocks away uh, it was announced uh, through the through Casey Reg. Well, it wasn't announced through Casey Reg, but somebody asked one of the main guys involved with that. Uh, I think Kitsch was the guy's name. That he was he was asked about the timetable of the project. It's as we've talked about before. It's ahead of schedule, but we now have an official, uh, more of an official timeline. As long as th- if things continue as they are, obviously with the pace, that is. Uh, no longer an April opening, but a March opening. My bet is, is as, as I've said before, I think it'll be February. I I think I think that they may be able to get it to like late February, which is pretty pretty awesome instead of a ins- instead of a March. But we'll see. It may just be a March opening. Anyway, so that's that's what's going on there. If we uh, take a little stroll up to or a couple blocks away, right across the the trench, the the highway trench we make our s- or we will see for ourselves that that uh that three light uh the renderings for that are have been made public at KC Rag uh for those of you who are familiar with the forum as i often talk about the the greatest aggregate of information that there is on that subject at the uh the the one of the guys, uh, one of the guys at Casey Rag, posted. <coughs> Normal things is his name. Sorry, Our name's blanked on me there. Normal things posted uh, renderings for Three Light. The building is indeed thirty stories, and the building is uh, the building looks way different from the original concept. Uh, as far as it, it looks. It looks similar, but it's had some very much needed updates on it. So the we now have a we now have a confirmed height, at least from the renderings that were put out, and that is that it's three hundred and forty-two feet high, or so, somewhere in there. Because we're talking about also f- floor space, it was like three hundred twenty, I think. So for like floor to floor, and then not counting any extra space of you know the structure of the building itself. So 342 feet is the, is this height. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a massive building. That's, that's an extra, almost another hundred feet taller than, uh, than two light currently is and three light, and the H and R block building. So that's a lot. The, the building also was; it was also put out today by normal things. He found out that the it went from being a three hundred unit build, uh, three hundred unit ap- apartment building to it, now it's over three hundred twenty to three hundred thirty units. So it may actually be that the renderings may not may be even or may actually be older because I'm thinking to myself if you're gonna have twenty to thirty extra units. I would think that they'd want to make the building bigger, so it may be the building's taller than it actually is, and if that's the case, an extra twenty to thirty units, that could mean it's an extra two or three stories. but we don't know now the same thing that there is a precedence for this because back in twenty thirteen early twenty fourteen Cordis did the same with one light, so one light was originally going to be twenty four stories and was going to have uh whatever, I think it was 311 or whatever units. But they ended up adding a whole extra floor of, of units at the top for pe- penthouse uh, penthouse ones because they, the demand seemed to be available. So they did it, and now it's maxed out. So my assumption is, is they had a similar line of thinking with this. Or maybe I'm wrong. But that is that is what uh, that's what's going on with 3 light and still scheduled, as far as we know, for the end of this year to start. So October, November, maybe December. But uh, that's that so far is what we have on on three light in its development. So onwards to the next item and that is a new little uh, liquor store is opening up. It's, it's more than just a liquor store but it uh, is opening up down in the East Bottoms or East Crossroads. Sorry, not the East Bottoms. At sixteen fifteen Oak, The spot is called the it's called the Pairing Wine and Grocer. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it's on. As I said, it's on Oak, so it's right across the street from the the old pr- Casey Star Printing Press, and the the space is. The idea concept is by two guys named Matt Slim Adkins and Jeff Jones. And these fellas want to make it a liquor store, as I said. You know, you can get wine and beer and all that sort of thing. But they also wanted there to be uh uh to be like a hangout spot too, where you can actually sit and hang out and also try their charcuterie boards because they want to sell cheeses and meats and that sort of thing to pair with their Drinks, their libations, they're going to be selling. So, this space is set to open in August, and this is uh, this. And I get this information largely from Kevin Collison at, at City Scene KC. So, just so you all know, and you can look up the article yourself if you want more details. But these fellas uh, want to be able to to yeah service the neighborhood with something that it doesn't have at least on the East Crossroads side. And because the closest thing would be cellar rat in the west er, in the West Crossroads, which they don't have food, they have just liquor. So that so this will be something that's not really down there. But the uh, to quote the article, the tentative hours are 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Tuesdays through Saturdays, and they ha- and as I said, it planned to open in August, but it, it but it's specifically in mid August. So. That's uh something to look forward to. We need more amenities like that in the urban core, whether downtown or midtown. We need that sort of stuff. We need more grocery stores, we need more uh we need more liquor stores. We need we need, you know, we need t- uh retailers like clothing stores and uh you know, just general stores really we need stuff that can sell you know very various things you can't necessarily get you know at a Walgreens we need we need stuff like that we need those things to be local so um when this when this comes about you know be sure to support these guys sounds like a great idea so the so with that being said we're going to move on to our next our next bit and that is Oh yes, Corvino's uh Cor uh Michael Corvino, the owner of Corvino Supper Club is uh announced a few weeks back right after this podcast aired actually. There the the previous episode aired that there is a he has a new concept that he's going to open that's uh, connected to Corvino. It's going to be called Ravenous, right? <laughs> yeah, Raven. Get it? Corvino means raven, so it's it's a great play on words. I, I like the idea. So it's going to be a a walk up to uh, a walk up uh, like stand kind of like burger stand and this has hit the news all over the news both city uh, city scene and Casey star and everybody's been talking about it but there's not a lot of information he put it out on his newsletter letter i guess that he was going to do this and the spot is seems like a really really great idea um he it's going to be facing this little alley, what was the old alleyway there uh, between Corrigan Station and where the new Corrigan Station Phase Two is being finished, where uh, so, what would that be? So it's between 18th and 19th Street uh, on Main and Walnut. So this is the alley. This would be the old alleyway in between. They're making a courtyard there that's like a nice little sitting area. And this restaurant, this Burger Shack essentially, will be facing that. It'll share a kitchen with with Corvino. From what I understand, and so they're going to sell thing, uh, all kinds of, uh, I don't know, more casual food. So, to quote, to quote what what was put out here, there's going to be uh, uh, chicken sandwiches, local veggies, sides, pies for dessert, beer, wine, and apparently malt shakes and stuff. I mean, you know, bottled cocktails, just all kinds of really really great stuff. Cheeseburgers, fries. It's so it's it's a standard fare but it's uh, kind of thing but it's Michael Corvino and he's one of the best chefs in the Midwest. So I I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. So no word quite yet on when that'll open. Uh, uh, well, it it's supposedly sometime in late later this month, maybe early July. Um, he just hasn't put out anything yet other than that it was going to open in June. So I don't have much else, um, or or July, so I, I don't have much else outside of that. But hopefully uh, we'll get more information on that in the next couple weeks. But <coughs> if we're going to move onwards into the crossroads, want to talk about a new experience that is opening up, uh, or a new retail spot that's opening up just a few blocks away. At 221 Southwest Boulevard. Uh this is a the second locale, or actually technically the third. They have a venue inside of the Maiden Casey Marketplace in the pl- on the plaza, but that is Made Mob. Used to be called Made Urban Apparel, now called Made Mob. Made Mob, which is associated with the Street Wave brand, just so you all are aware. And have been uh, a guest on the program from what I understand. They uh and are good friends with Nate by the way. They are opening their second location in July at this at the old Flying Pig Mercantile spot. I believe Fly, Flying Pig has been gone for quite a while, I think since the beginning of the year or close to it. And so the so Made Mob is yeah, is wanting to open a second locale that's closer to basically the 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 action of of first Fridays and the Crossroads because it's just way more busy than where they are currently on Grandview, but they're, they're still going to keep that spot because they're doing well there. But they want to have one that's also for those that maybe are not aware, you know, because th- th- you're getting a lot of tourists now. And you're getting a lot of people that are hanging out more on the Crossroads than they are in that part of of uh, of Grand downtown in the in the financial you know government district area, so they're hoping to catch in on that action and have a lot of really big shows uh, with their space because it's a really big space. I've been in it when it was Flying Pig Mercantile, and the the spot's big. They have some great murals, and I guess they've got some some is it uh, I think it's a Kid Cudi uh, mural that they've made. That's Big in the honor of that guy that was murdered. So Nipsey Hustle. That's what, not not that Nipsey hustle. There we go. Thanks from Nate for correcting me. <laughs> I appreciate it. So the <coughs> So yeah, there's they're they're gonna do some really cool things with that space. I don't wear streetwear, if y'all didn't know that. Probably could figure it out from my from my podcast from the pictures of me, but I don't wear streetwear. But I appreciate what it does for that particular subculture, the people that wear that stuff and subcultures because there's more than just, you know, you know I I don't know, it appeals to a lot of different kinds of people, at least of the people I know. So but I think that's it's it's great as I said earlier. We need more stuff like that. We want we want more local people who go or or people from out of town that go, I want to do my own clothing thing. I want to do it in Kansas City. I want to have my own store. We need that stuff. Like bookstores, like like anything like that, furniture. Uh we need that stuff. And and with and a caveat with it that's actually somewhat associated with the original Flying Pig Space. I'd like also like to give a, a shout out to Madison Flitch. It's a uh some friends of mine, the uh Robinsons, they they do the uh uh they have a store called uh called Madison Flitch, and they make uh they make furniture. So it's and they make it with local, uh, local wood that's from dead trees that have been torn down by the city, and so they repurpose that wood into something usable and wearable and or, or uh, usable and fashionable. And I I I can't recommend them enough. They do an amazing job. It's uh, John and Megan Pryor, the owners' names uh as i i meant to say and so they uh john is the is the kind of the brain behind the whole thing as far as the creating he he's he's a uh, he's a very interesting man he's uh he's he's got a, a masters in theology but he's got but he is a man that can make some beautiful tables and chopsticks and like end tables and all kinds of stuff and so that's that used to be in that space but now it's over in the east crossroads and uh they just opened a new space there and they ju- just about finished building out their showroom, so I thought I'd give a shout out to them as well. To uh, look up Madison Fletch, like a flat, like Fletch, you know, like how you, you know, what they call fletching bows, you know, they used to fletch arrow, you know, arrows, bows and arrows. Well, Fletch is it's a play on words, I think. So, anyway, go and check out the Pryors uh, store, Madison Fletch. And with that being said, to go back to Made Mob, check out Made Mob if you're into streetwear or you've been interested in, you know. Shoes, hoodies, shirts, that sort of thing. Go check out Made Mob. It's spelled Made M O B B. That's uh, that's the name of it. And the address again, and it, it opens as I said in July is two two one Southwest Boulevard. So right across from, or uh, 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 two doors down and a block over from uh, Manny's. For those of you who are familiar, so. And there's also the artists, art, uh, Arts and Crafts store that's right next door. So anyway, check out Made Mob. It's going to be awesome. I, uh, I'd like to jump up real quick to the downtown loop to talk about a something that hasn't really hit the waves at all other than at KC Rag, and that is the opening... Of a uh, or the re- renovation and revitalization of uh, the base l- or the main floor level of a building on Walnut Street at 1101 Walnut, to be precise, uh, the Wall Street Tower Building. If you, if you're, many of you have probably seen it but didn't realize what it was. But it's called the Wall Street Tower Building, and it, uh, its main floor, which I I'm not really familiar with because I haven't walked that, but it used to be like shut off from the public and it was like f- it was fenced off and things but now because i think it's i think it's apartments now i think is the issue but they're now tearing that fence down and they're completely renovating the r- ground level or at least part of it to build an area for a restaurant fr- from what we're hearing from people that are in the know on those things so uh to be a little more inviting to the public and to you know that being a you know a a walkable area, so that's uh, that's something uh, to keep an eye out for. I don't have much information otherwise about it, and neither really does apparently anybody else. But I thought that's worth mentioning. So keep an eye out for the uh, for whatever is going to go into that space. I'm sure it'll look really nice. So I'd also like to jump over to the crossroads again to talk about the uh a new business that is moving to the crossroads to specifically nineteen oh one McGee. So for those of you who are familiar, that's the Dermadoctor Doctor building. So it's a few doors up from Papa John's and from Novel and a few door or a few doors up from there. And then a few doors down from KC Wineworks, uh Elbow Chocolates, uh Normal Human, all that. So there's a company called Menlo that is located in my old area I grew up in, in the Northland, uh, on uh, 64th Street. A- and uh, the sh- this shopping area up there called the Village at Burlington uh, Creek, There, that's where they're currently located. But they are moving their 50 employees to that building. Um, they will occupy half the building. Sometime in 2020 is when they plan on being in there. But they, uh, they plan on moving into that space sometime then, but they're going to occupy half of it. And then their plan is over the next few years, they plan to go to over a hundred and around 110 employees. And so they want to occupy the whole building. Now, uh, this is from Kevin Collison from city scene as well. And he wasn't able to get a hold of anybody from derma doctor to know what they're going to do. But my assumption is they'll find another spot, but, uh, that space will be potentially they may keep the mid-century modern look or they may demolish it and you know or completely get rid of it and do something new who knows but they want to do like a rooftop deck for their employees cuz it's cool and stuff so that's um that's good news because one a building is going to be a little bit better utilized but then even more so it's another business moving back to the to the to the city center to the city core and that's what we need is more of that, and especially one that could get up to 110 employees. That's fantastic. So, and Menlo is a is a tech firm. They they just they they make different things that uh, different uh, you know tech apps and stuff. So, that's uh, yeah technical services and for school districts and things. So, that is all I have for the Crossroads. But there's another piece of news that I actually forgot to put on my show prep here uh, that's worth talking about. And this was just announced yesterday. So in D.C. it was announced that um, the Department of Ag- Agriculture Secretary, Sonny Perdue, is uh, announced that he was going to move two branches of the USDA's uh, offices, two, two different agencies, within the, within the, within that, that department to Kansas City, which is huge. That's, that's, uh, I believe over a thousand employees. It's a lot. And so, and and realize my dad works for the, uh, that's been on the programs we've talked about before. He works for the USDA and uh, as a media guy in videography. And I don't have a, a quote from him on his reaction to it, but the, Plan is is they don't have a place they're going to move into yet, but the directive from from President Trump and from the Sunny Purdue and all that from the the way that that all works is, the federal government makes it to, uh, has made it a rule that when they move an office to a city, they have to their first priority has to be a downtown area, so it is very very possible that Kansas City could have. A thousand employees added to downtown, and they're looking at Class A space. So when we talk about Class A office space, we're talking about the mm-hmm. nicest, top of the line, best, uh, best spaces you have. So there's not a lot of that downtown right now that's unoccupied, but there is some. But there's, but my my assumption is is that they they're probably going to wait a couple of years because one it's the government, and two. There, it's. I don't think they're in a rush per se, but the. Let's let's hope they wait a couple of years because my hope is is if they can't find anything for downtown, they'll go to say Kropakian and Brooks and say, hey, we know, or Kropakian and Brooks will come to them and go, hey, we're, we're we are wanting to build a couple of different. Uh, apartment or, or different uh, office class A office spaces downtown, some big buildings that you can put your employees in. What you know. Can we work with you here? And if that were to happen, then we could actually see uh, the thirteenth uh, and Grand, uh, or twelfth and Grand, office space or uh, office tower. The twisty, this twisty tower that could get built, or we could see the one at ten uh, thirty-five Main. That's a, that's this old parking garage over there. That's that's built to have a, a skyscraper put on on top of it or a high rise. We could see that turned into one also by Copacan and Brooks. So, or it could be an outside one. Whatever the case is, let's hope that they don't move to the freaking Kansas or Missouri suburbs. I don't want that to happen, and you shouldn't either, because we don't. That's just not. That's just not cool, and it's not. It's it's. I I have so many problems with that, but. My hope is is they won't. The government already has a huge presence in down can, downtown Kansas City, and always has between the IRS, the uh, Federal Reserve and even you know you have the social security office o- over off independence avenue uh just a f- few blocks east of downtown so to have the usda already there wouldn't be wouldn't be uh some huge change as far as having government employees downtown so let's hope that that happens and a a side note here that's a little more that's a little more commentary on this particular thing is so when this was announced, this was announced like in a press, a press conference and there were a bunch of, you know, like higher up USDA officials there and stuff and employees and Sonny Perdue, when he announced we're moving it from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City, a bunch of employees stood up and turned their backs to him. Why because they don't want to move to our city because they're a bunch of East Coast snobs and they're thinking, I don't wanna to move to where the farms and the and the cattle actually are at. Oh God. Ridiculous. What a bunch of children. And of course, they don't know anything about here, so you know, what do you expect? But they're bureaucrats, you know. What do you what do you expect? So anyway, I that that was just Something insanely stupid to to see a picture of. Just go look it up. It's it's ridiculous. So, um, just in case you ever wondered what what people uh, it, it, on the East Coast think of of the idea of moving to a city they don't actually know anything about in the Midwest. That's what they that's what the reaction is. And I've known people that have done this before, and they were like, "Oh no, I'm going to move here. I don't know about this." Then you got here, and they're like, "Oh, this is badass." But you know, whatever. So anyway. I thought that was worth talking about. Uh, there's also um, actually something from the suburbs. I have a good thing about the suburbs to announce that I wish was more to Midtown which uh, or downtown, but that is Mr. Christopher Elbow himself, the purveyor of Christopher Elbow chocolates and of uh, Glossier ice cream both here in Kansas City, and also he has a few places that he opened over uh, in San Fran, Cisco in California. Uh, he has opened a new spot over in Fairway, Kansas at 5938 Mission Road called Fairway Creamery. So Fairway Creamery, uh, this is from Feast Magazine. Uh, and I'd heard, this was talked about months ago that he was buying the space and doing something with it, but they have opened, and this spot, he opened with a guy named Todd Schulte, and they, uh, they partnered together to make this, and it is an ice cream spot and donut spot, so they're making their own donuts with a Christopher Elbow twist, which is amazing. And f- for those of you who don't realize, Christopher Elbow is one of the top like 20 chocolatiers in North America. Like He's a huge deal. Like He's, he's our most famous chocolatier. And an all-around, you know, confectionarian. So, Christopher Elbow is has open uh, has opened the spot, and they they're making donuts, and they're also gonna have not just glossy ice cream, but they're doing freaking soft serve, dudes. Like, holy shit, that's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Like, outside of like, you know, deep fried catfish and sushi. So. The yeah, so they've they're going to be doing soft serve and not just like your standard vanilla, but they're making they're making a, a, a different kind of chocolate as well. And which if the article at Feast he goes into this that apparently making soft serve like your own is very difficult because it's a because it's a scientific thing, it has to do with, chemi- uh, with uh, chemistry and all that stuff and the molecular uh, what is that? Uh, micro micro gastronomy i guess would be the term that's for you know food scientists uh, the micro uh, gastronal gastronom- gastronomical out whatever the the chemical breakdown of this the way that that stuff interacts it they've had a pro- they've been tr- having to really tweak how you do you know your own chocolate that isn't some like super processed you know factory made powder uh, into soft serve how do you do that so They've, I guess they figured it out. I haven't been yet, but by golly, I'm going to go here really soon because it's summertime and I want my friggin' ice cream. So, and I tell it, the name Elbow Alone should make you go, I'm going to go. I don't care if I live 35 minutes away or 40 minutes. I'm going to go. So, the. The space is going to have, yeah, it has, you know, it has, they have Sundays, like they have really crazy Sundays, like one that's called Sundays at the K that's named after like, it's named after the Royals. It's got like a bunch of different stuff like nuts and it's like blue, I think, and all this. So it's some really cool stuff. But they, but the donuts thing is just what's really interesting because he's had to learn uh, elbow has not done stuff like this. So he hadn't done soft serves. So he's had to learn all this stuff. And he also didn't know anything about, and neither did his business partner about um, donuts. So, according to the article, they moved, So Elbow and Schulte went to Chicago and New York to a bunch of different donut spots to learn about donuts, and so they went to a guy named Wiley Dufresne. He is uh, the owner of the recently opened Dew's Donuts and Coffee, Dew's being D-U apostrophe S, in New York, and he... Just he really sat down and gave them a you know a, a, a donuts guide for dummies on how to make donuts, and so they've got they've got uh, all you know learned how to how to do glazing and things because they have different donuts. They're trying to do like tart green apple donuts and apple cider donuts, things like that. So they've been they've been really working on on how to do this uh, and. Uh yeah it's it's it should be amazing. I really want to check it out. They the after 3 p.m. at at Fairway Creamery uh they they're done with donuts and then they start doing ice cream. And they're open till 9 on the weekdays and then they're open till let's see here. Yeah, they're open till 10 on weekends, it's like Friday, Saturday specifically. So that's, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, what, where, where can you go wrong? I just, you know, they, they have dipped cones, everybody. I mean, like, ch- like their own dipped cones of all different kinds of flavors and stuff. I mean, I, I could go on and on about all this, but get over to Fairway Creamery before I do, because yeah, I just, I can't, I, I, I'm all, I can already tell it's going to be awesome. So yeah, don't take my word for it. I'm making an assumption. Go check it out for yourself. So that is that is what I've got in the news and with all that being said, yes, I uh I would like, you know, I'd like to address, you know, so we've had some comments and things on on what, you know, what w- stuff we talk about uh, that I talk about because that's what I want to talk about is not necessarily related to everybody in the city, not necessarily people in certain parts of the inner city or people in the suburbs and things like that. And why, why don't you talk about things that are relevant to us? And it's frankly, because this is what I want to talk about. It's not what everybody else wants to talk about. I, I want to talk about what actually in the long run is going to help the city and make the city better culturally. Um, Or, or, uh, community, neighborly, you know, neighborhoods and communities, and as a as a people in a city, um, and economically, and so that means I don't cover every single jot and tittle store, business, office, company that opens a place or closes one, or starts. I'm not going to tell you about every single startup that opens in Kansas City. I'm not going to tell you about every major factory that, or or distribution center that opens in Gardner or something like that i'm not here to tell you about you know your your uncle fred's you know barbershop that opened on prospect or on uh, or you know you know your 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 best friend's you know dad that opened a a little deli in uh, gladstone that's not my purpose in doing this. If if I th- if I hear about it, if you want to send us stuff, you can send us about stuff that's opening. Uh that's uh that's uh that's that's perfectly fine. If you wanna if you wanna let me or Nate know and go, hey, you know, we we found out about this, you can give us a holler at streetwave at gmail.com. You can you can email us there and say, Hey, there's here's some stuff that maybe maybe you have Maybe you know about it, something that as far as culture-wise cuz we're talking when I'm talking have you noticed the things that I'm talking about here are things that actually shape like a neighborhood they they have character and they're not just the same old same old I I don't want you I don't want to talk about stuff that everybody's heard about because we all know that you know we all grew up seeing oh yeah there's there's Bob's Bob's burgers over there you know no 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 relation to Bob's burgers the show but And it's just a burger joint and it's, and they serve average burgers. I get that. I don't, I don't want to talk about that necessarily. I want to talk about something that really like, you know, I don't talk about every single coffee shop that opens in Kansas City's Kansas city folks. There are ones I haven't talked about that are out, you know, in the middle of nowhere or, you know, or in the sub in deep in the suburbs and there's some little, some, some, somebody's aunt opened it, you know, and they, they're trying, they want to open their own, they always wanted to open their own little cafe and things. And, and I don't talk about it because it, it frankly is not interesting to me because it's not just about opening a business. It's not just about if it brings jobs. It's, that it has to mean more. There has to be something. It has, so my worldview, part of my worldview and my philosophy is, is this isn't, life isn't community, civilization, all that sort of thing, culture, all that. It's not just about making money and sharing the same, the same legal codes. It's not about your rights. It's not about if you can make money somehow. It's about what makes us us, right? Because I don't want laws, you know, a constitution or legal, you know, legal uh, 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 statutes and my ability to go and get a job and have a 401k potentially. To shape my end-all, be-all of my existence. Those things are are tertiary. They're not even tertiary. They are so far down the list as far as what makes a people a people and what makes a neighborhood a neighborhood and a city a city and a town a town and a whatever, that that doesn't matter to me. What makes Kansas City, Kansas City? What makes Springfield, Missouri, Springfield, Missouri? What makes Lawrence, Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas? What makes Chicago, Chicago? We're t- this is what we're talking about. What makes Waldo, what makes... Lost Homes. What makes the Indian Mound neighborhoods? What makes Pendleton Heights? You know, Columbus Park, West Side, Strawberry Hill, Overland Park. Even what makes these places what they are? How do I go? Oh yeah, I know exactly where I'm at. Not because you recognize the street names, but because of how the people are there, the the kinds of the, the culture that's built, the archi- you know those sorts of things. Architecturally, ar- the art the the the, the way people dress the way people talk the the every, everything about a place that's what we're talking about and that's what i want that's what i'm here to talk about is things that make a difference in that so if you live on benton in the northeast or in uh, or way out in the you know in the far east part of you know the east side and you know you have a you know somebody that has something that they're wanting to do Or that they're trying to do that's being built. I don't, if, fence space, barbershop, grocery store, coffee shop, restaurant, I don't care. If it's something that's going to actually make your neighborhood, like, interesting and go, hey, did you hear about this place that's open? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. So that's what I want to encourage people on and go, look, don't send me your whiny emails or your, or your Instagram messages and going, why aren't you talking about these things? This isn't talking about what's relevant to me and, and my people that it, it matters to because it actually, it's not, it doesn't benefit us at all. You know what? I don't, I don't buy that for a second. I don't buy it for a second. You know what? I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs in the Northland and I never left it for most of my life. As far as, you know, every once in a while going to the plaza or something. I spent my life in the suburbs like, like most people I know my age in this town. And we didn't do anything. We went to the same box stores, did the same thing. We had a couple of local things that are still, that actually do make, as we talked about, the culture of those areas. Parkville, you know, Gladstone, that sort of thing. They do provide a sense of culture. But I didn't have a sense of culture, to be honest with you. I didn't have any. I didn't understand I didn't really understand what it means to live in a city and love where you live. you know what I mean? as I've said before, know your city. this is what we're talking about. with that being said, when I, as I've talked about before, I got into doing this because I started eating you know I wanted to go and try every like middle Eastern Greek you know euro making spot in Kansas City and then it spread out from there and then I got to this point where I'm at now. One of, the, one of the, I mean, I don't want to toot my horn here, but as far as I, I, I know in general what is going on most of the time at any given time in this town because I keep track. I'm, I'm constantly looking at, at looking at the things that I can find out stuff from. And there's always somebody else I can meet that can tell me more. And that's why I try to find out what people do and you know, who they know and stuff like that. Um, you know, like my neighbor, he, he's an investor uh, with City Barrel Brewing Company in the Crossroads. So I got to try some of the beers beforehand before they even released. That's that's why that's what we're talking about, the community aspect, and and that's what I do. So I didn't I didn't have the benefits of going to the crossroads or going to coffee shops because I didn't know they were there. And I didn't even want to. I was like, ah, hipster, make a burger, I don't do that stuff. And you know what? I had a change of heart and I actually changed my mind. And you know what? I didn't let pretend the potential of pret- pretentiousness on the parts of others, ruin my friggin' day, and leave my cheese out in the wind. You know? So that's what I'm talking about here. Let's all be grown-ups. Let's act like adults. And don't tell me that you can't enjoy certain things because, well, that's just not for me. Then it's not for you. Go find something that is. And if you if you can't find it in this city, I, I don't know what to do for you. I guess move. Or start your own culture. You know? I'm, and I'll give Nate... Nate at Street Wave and the rest of the dudes is an example. They didn't see something going on in this city. And it's not going on, frankly, in most cities. And they said, how can we change that shit? And that's what they're doing. That's what you gotta do. So anyway, I just wanted to address that. And uh, we're open to criticism. We're open to that here. That's fine. But I did want to answer that. If, you, if, you're gonna give, if you're gonna give some... some you're gonna spout some, some, some venom you know, let's, let's actually look at things in context here and really dig into that. So anyway, all that being said, folks, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to, uh, to keep track of our, uh, of the street wave uh, social media and mine at beard, uh, bearded Rumsey uh, at Instagram for stuff. I don't, obviously i don't post a whole lot related to things like this cuz i try to keep it all for the show but you know give us a holler whatever um, yeah and j- go out and check out some of these things we've mentioned maybe you've got some things you want to talk about as i said send us a send us a, a shout out about stuff and as always know your city <laughs>